Hey, welcome back to the Enthusiastic Witter Podcast. Uh, we've been gone for a little while. Christopher and I kind of got busy over the summer, and we didn't really have a chance to sit down and record. Christopher was doing stuff with his internship in Kansas, and he'll talk about that on this episode. I took a trip to the Southwest and all kinds of other stuff, which we'll get to at a later episode. Anyway, thanks for coming back and listening, and here's the show. All right, we are recording. It feels like it's been a year since we talked last. Or two. Yes, it's been a long time. So, how was your first day of interning? It was uh, long. <laughs> I got there at uh, 8 a.m. this morning. Wait, do I, does the audience know where I'm interning at? Should we disclose that, or should we leave that like totally anonymous? Yeah, just leave it completely out there. I think we talked about it once before, but... Uh, why don't you tell us anyway? I am interning at Garmin. Uh, for those who don't know, <laughs> they're a tech company that makes a uh, whole bunch of products for uh, fitness and outdoors and aviation and marine stuff, uh, as well as your classic uh, car GPSs. Um, <clears throat> so they make a ton of stuff, and uh, I'm interning there for the summer. It's a three-month internship. Had my first day today. Uh, rolled in at uh, 8.05 a.m. I was told to get there at 8.15. They had they they uh, said they had so many interns that they were uh, staggering our uh, start time so that we didn't uh, clog up the pipe or anything. <laughs> yeah. The first the first like four hours up until lunchtime was just um, like orientation stuff. We just sat in an auditorium. Um, and tried to stay awake. I mean, tried to uh, pay attention to the fantastic speakers. And um, uh, then we had lunch. And then I met with my manager and mentor. And uh, kind of uh, uh, was with them for the rest of the afternoon. And, um, you know, I got to see my desk and uh, got my, my work laptop and started getting all uh, situated there. So, um yeah, not 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 a whole lot uh, really exciting happened. Just you know, the uh, the whole all the things that need to happen before I can do exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah, much. that's always the way it is. And it's they a let software you see your desk. Internship they let you see your desk. Do they let you touch it at all, or do you need advanced training for that? Uh, they did let me touch it, and guess what? It even had oh. my name on it. I felt so special. Wow. And my laptop had my name on it. It was very fancy. very fancy. Yes. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. So I well, I look forward to bring uh, more uh, exciting updates once things uh, get underway there. Yeah, that'll be fun. I have been working on all kinds of stuff. I uh, put my guitar project on suspension for the moment because I'm preparing for my <gasps> trip out to the southwest United States. Wow. You're going to come visit me. I forced yes. you to, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> Twisted my arm and held a gun to my head. Yes. From three states away um i'm the internet my is tw- amazing <laughs> it is I, i'm taking my 2005 chevy malibu classic which is really not a very great car if you've ever driven one um but it's what i have at the moment the uh floor pan in the back is rusting out and uh, nice. over the winter the back the floor in the back seat got pushed up as i was going like through a snow drift or snowbank or something so this is the bulge in the back seat that I was able to just step down. And parts of the frame are not doing so hot. 
but uh, it still runs great. It's burning some oil, but it's running. Nice. Um, it really By the way, as a proud, too much trouble. As a proud Southerner, I can't imagine what it's like to drive through snow uh, deep enough to uh, for that to happen. Yeah, you barely know what snow is. <laughs> um, so this car is not my first choice, but it's either that or my truck that gets 14 miles to the gallon, so I decided to go with the car. So rather than... I'm going to bring my tent along, but... Uh, so I don't have to set it up every night. I've built, taken out the passenger seat and the back seat of my car and built a little bed uh, where the passenger seat was. Wow. Out of, out of two by fours. I had to go in. I, the back seat doesn't fold down. You know, normally you can fold it down to get to the trunk, but on mm-hmm. this car it doesn't. So I had to actually detach it from the car. So the the back seat pad and the, the seat that you sit on are both out. Okay. So now there's just a hole into the trunk. And... Uh, so I took a 2x4 and ran it along the floor of the trunk into the passenger compartment. And I just made my bed parallel with that floor and at about the same height. So it's about flush. Okay. So I'm going to end up putting up a board to cover up the hole that's there so that I can actually keep stuff back there. And people are going to be less likely to try to break into my car and steal the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll gain a little bit of extra space on my bed that way. Because of the room where the pad was, there's a little bit of room behind that um, to where the board will be. So my bed will be just a little bit longer because of that. So I built it all out of 2x4s, got the height correct. It's uh, roughly 23 inches wide. Okay. And um, It's not bad for a car bed. (laughs) Yeah, it's not terrible. It's barely long enough for me. It would not be long enough for you. So if you ever do this, make sure you get a longer car. Um, <laughs> oh, so get a limousine to make a bed? Yes. Uh huh. Um, the uh, summer camp that I volunteer at uh, uses prison mats for the kids to sleep on. So I'm going <laughs> to snag a couple of those for my trip and probably just stack two of those up and it should be a pretty comfy bed. Nice. Going from June 1st to June 26th. Also, I probably shouldn't say that because now the robbers know when they can come to my house. We'll just bleep it out. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I've been getting ready for that. Um, the mice made a mess in the trunk, so i got to vacuum that out. Are you going to bring them with you on vacation? What about vacation? Are you going to bring the mice, your mice friends with you on vacation? Nope. Hopefully they are gone. I think I've scared them away. <laughs> okay. I've uh, been trying to get all my stuff in order, too. Like, uh, I cleaned out my camera bag and organized it and finally threw out that pair of uh, solar glasses that I had from the last eclipse. Oh, man. You got rid of them, dude. Yeah. I, well, the thing I'm... is, they were in my bag for so long, and they got kind of abraded. So uh, I don't know if they're usable anymore. Yes. I don't want to risk burning my eyeballs, so I uh, I tossed them. I plan to frame was... mine. Uh, it was kind of a sad moment, but I, I, I'll never need them again. I'll just yes. get some new ones next time. So, which is coming up in like it two is. years? Yeah, twenty twenty four, right? That's right. There was a blood moon last night, a lunar you eclipse. Know what there was, I okay. and well, hold on no, a second. You, talk, you t- talk, and then I have something monumental to discuss. I actually have uh, I have something to discuss as well from last night. Okay, just to. Just to give you a little uh, little bait for the story ahead, uh, I thought I might have had an alien sighting. <gasps> uh, so back to my this vacation prep. 
I uh, I've been getting my cameras in order, my DSLR bag with all my gear, and been kind of slowly getting my drone bag set up. I basically just charging everything, and then I got my film bag all set up, and finally loaded. I don't know. Did we ever talk about the medium format cameras that I bought? You know, we talked about it together, but I don't know if yeah. we ever did an episode on it. I, I don't bought, think we did because we'd already done so many film episodes. Yeah. I bought an old Canon. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll do a special episode on them at some point. After I'll give them, them a taste at least. Yeah. So I bought a uh, Canon brownie camera. Or not a Canon. An old brownie camera. Kodak. Uh, from like, I think they were made from like 1915 to 1924 or something like that. Ancient, positively. This, this is ancient. one of those old ones that's got the bellows. You pull the lens out, and it's that foldy, the foldy cardboard uh, piece that allows mm-hmm. it to collapse and extend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got another one. It's a Canon, or not a Canon, a Kodak Duoflex two, no three, Kodak Duoflex three. Both of them are medium format cameras. The I believe the brownie camera takes regular what's called 120 film. It's medium format, um, and the Duoflex takes Canon or Kodak 620 film, which is basically 120 film except that they made their reels just a tiny bit smaller, so that you can't fit 120 film That's into so their, annoying, their camera. <laughs> uh huh. The only reason is because they wanted you to had to buy their film. Man. For consistent results, I suppose that there is something to be said for that, but like, yeah, you can't you can't fit 120 film in there. So what everybody does because they don't make 120 or they don't make 620 film anymore. Um, the 120 film is uh, quite a bit. It's actually about 60 millimeters wide. Okay. So if you think compared to a 35 millimeter film, it's, it's almost double, mm-hmm. and. It comes on these reels. It's not in a canister like regular six, 35 millimeter film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a reel with a paper backing so the light doesn't get through the back. And so you have to sand or file down the ends to make it narrow enough to fit in. And then the ends of the spool that hang over are too big. So you've got to cut those down right to the level of the film. And then you can make it fit. So I did that on all the three rolls that I bought. It's black and white film. The uh, camera has a little window in the back that you look through to see what number of shot you're on. Mm-hmm. And it's a piece of red plastic over it. And apparently the red light doesn't hurt black and white film. It won't expose on it, which is why they use red lights in uh, black and white developing dark rooms. Yeah. That was very interesting to, to realize and find out. Yeah. So you... You've got your spool of film on the bottom, and you pull it across your film plane, whatever you call it, your image plane, mm-hmm. and then it sticks into a, a spool at the top. And then there's a little crank that you just crank around to, so you advance it to your next photo several turns, and so you just look through that little window. Somehow I missed the number ones for the first image, so I just went straight to number two. So hmm. I wasted an image, I guess. And there's, of course, no way to back it up. Um did you say how many were on the roll? Um, I think they say you get about twelve. Roughly. Oh, right, and and it's it's about twelve because it's. Um, 
I think back then there wasn't a ton of consistency, so some cameras might have had different aspect ratios. Right. So, so they, they could take up wider. more or less yep. width on the roll. Yep. Okay. So yeah. roughly 12, I think. Um, so my little, my baby brother finally graduated high school and we had his graduation party yesterday. So I uh, took a picture of him. That was the, my first photo with the can a Kodak Duaflex. Wow, nice. So, yep, I'm just taking that along for like really special moments on my trip. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my regular film camera for just the memories, and I've got my digital camera for the scenery, and I've got my other cheap film camera for our film swap uh, competition thing. Yes. Which, by the way, have you gotten out and taken any photos yet? Okay, I can explain myself. So the answer is no. Uh, maybe. So, the lens I ordered uh, had, like, some kind of haze or fungus growing on the inside. Well, I I got it really cheap with another film body. Mm -hmm. And I took it apart to try to clean it. And it's not that I couldn't put it back together, but it's simply that I couldn't couldn't disassemble the last step, um, basically, so that I could get the two glass elements apart that I needed to to clean. So... It was basically, I counted it as lost. It was about 20-some dollars lost. Um, so wow, I ordered another bank. lens. And I had to wait because I was moving out here to Kansas. And so I have another one coming in the mail that is hopefully uh, free of obstructions. And hmm. uh, as soon as it comes, I will begin my film competition. Swap. Nice. There. I've got six shots left on the film that i put in well i'm in a new city so i think i can put it uh to good work plus very good plus we discovered uh this really long bike trail that's like 26 miles long that's right near our apartment um and some other parks too so plenty of opportunities Mm. to go out shooting that sounds like a really long bike ride uh yes not not necessarily to be done in one day. <laughs> yeah. Is it like a um a loop? No, it's one way. <laughs> Which means you have to go out and then come back. Hmm. So basically fifty miles if you wanted to do the entire thing. Uh, maybe not recommended. Yeah, yeah. Alright. Well, I'm gonna copy this image uh from the old Google machine and send it to you this i was driving home last night okay are we on to the eclipse uh we're on to my potential alien sighting story okay i was driving home last night and it was dark out and i was kind of just sort of watching the eclipse go by because i had like a little hour and 20 minute drive and i was driving east so i could see the the moon most of the time Mm -hmm. and then i looked up out of my window to the left and timing is important uh, for, for aliens. Yeah. Aliens. This would have been... Boy, that's a good question, because I remember looking at the clock afterwards. You gotta uh, know. Eclipse... You gotta know. <laughs> the eclipse was almost... complete. The moon was almost completely dark. Okay, so that was... I think it started around like 11, 11.30 or something. Uh, was it that late? I thought it started like... 10. Well, it started around 10, but I didn't think it got completely dark till like 11. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, that makes that makes sense. Eleven, eleven thirty. This one, yeah. This probably happened between eleven and midnight. Okay. Okay. So I was driving along, and uh, I'm very familiar with the night sky. I take every day off. I try to take a walk down the road in the complete darkness, and I look at the stars, and I, I see all kinds of this. shooting stars. And uh, yep, I one time I saw a fireball flying across the sky, and later learned that was a meteor uh, that had entered the atmosphere and was burning up in a much more dramatic fashion than usually happens. It wasn't like a classic uh, Disney shooting star. No, it was like it was literally like a ball of fire going horizontally across the sky. Wow! And uh, I've I've confirmed since that many other people have seen similar sightings it's just meteors burning up they just entered the atmosphere at the right angle where they uh didn't burn up super quickly and so i looked out my window and that's what i was thinking this might be i saw it looked like a bunch of little dots they're about the size of stars but they're all very close to each other in a line and so i thought maybe this was just you know like a burning ember trail from a shooting star so i was looking at it i thought wow that's pretty cool i had to keep checking the road as i was driving so i didn't crash so i didn't get to like stop and observe this thing okay and then it kind of started to fade away and then i looked out again and it started fading back and there were more and more lights and it was just a long string of dots there there were dots about the same size as stars and then i discovered they were moving the same direction that i was moving but faster than me and due to you know parallax, you can kind of tell how close something is, and I could tell it was not within a couple of miles. It was quite a ways out there, and they were just little dots. And there was no—I thought at first maybe it's a really low airliner, and I could like see the windows, but no, that was not it. Uh, the points of light were too small for that to be the case, and there were the stars around it were not blacked out. So I sent you this photo of this string of lights. It looked just like this, and it was so odd to me because they almost seemed to be in a. a perfect straight uh, they were in a perfect straight line but they were not perfectly spaced they were just sort of perfectly spaced there were a couple that were out of line um somewhere that were a couple or a couple that were closer together and some that were farther apart and they were moving and it was a big long line too like this thing must have been massive an entire moving. caravan of alien spaceships it's got to be yeah but they it's were the only thing. they were all moving in perfect line like they were all attached together with each oh, other. Oh yeah, aliens are way more sophisticated than us. Well, it's true, yeah. Um I expect nothing yeah, but perfection from their flight they, patterns. It uh it kept going the same direction I was. It was moving, it was moving faster than I was. And then it looked like it turned away from me and all the lights disappeared. And I was like, what in the world? I That's when you got to watch your like back. Then before. they're coming for you. If they just all disappear like that, oh, <laughs> then it's time to be scared. I, uh, I've i seen single points of light before. I've seen satellites before. You know, this uh, was nothing like I have ever seen before. So I finally looked it up. Old Google machine to the rescue. It would have been much more exciting if, if Google didn't know, but it did. Uh, I just looked up string of lights and it auto-filled string of lights in the sky. So I looked it up, and apparently these are all Starlink satellites from the old Elon Musk. Um, And people have been seeing them around. Apparently they're kind of, I mean, it's really cool to see. But when you don't know what it is and it just appears in the sky, it's even cooler. It's like, what in the world? So I see there's actually videos all over online of these things moving across the sky. Yep, and we'll have to maybe watch one at some point. If you feel like looking it up, you you can. Um, But yeah, they were 
in this photo I sent you, they look a lot more prominent than they did to my naked eye. Mm-hmm. They were about the same size as all the stars around them. So it was really interesting because I don't think there's aliens out there. <laughs> but I'm familiar with all you know all kinds of aircraft that we have flying around here. We have an Air Force base nearby, so we've got stuff flying overhead all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there there were not your standard flashing strobe lights or red and green lights for the wings. Mm-hmm. There was none of that, so. I was a little confused for a while there. How interesting. You know, I've heard sort of similar stories um, before um, that people, I guess, uh, diagnosed to be Starlink satellites or identified Mm. to be Starlink satellites, but never in um, certainly nothing like this picture. And um, the one story that I can remember, I think someone had mentioned... They saw like five or six satellites, um, one after another, but that was it, mm. and um, not really in such an orderly fashion. So I, I yeah. wonder if the, did they like just deploy an entire load of satellites and they're all in like the same orbit? Is that the deal? Yeah, I think that's it. I didn't look into too much what it was, but it's it sounded like they're all being they're like all orbiting at the same speed and close to each other and then mm-hmm. i assume that they'll be sent off into different directions okay so hopefully cool. this doesn't become the norm where we just see giant clusters of satellites <laughs> flying across i saw what a i didn't look into yeah i didn't look into it too deeply but i thought i saw found some photos people had taken during the daytime of like low orbits where you could actually see like the solar panels on the satellites and oh, stuff that's insane yeah, I didn't research it too deeply, so I don't know if they're just hoax photos or if they're real, but uh, yeah, I hope these things don't start cluttering up our skies. Yeah, really? Us, yeah, uh, was us a... astrophotographers might have a word or two with Elon Musk about uh, that. Huh. Um, but yeah, it was like 30 lights all in a perfect row, so it was it was, it was wow. really weird, man. It's crazy. So that was kind of exciting. Other than that, not a ton going on. I've been kind of planning my trip. Um, Carlsbad Cavern requires reservations because that's oh. one of my first stops. But I looked and there's like 200 reservations available for the day and time that I was looking for. Um, and uh, then like yesterday was when I was looking at it. So I looked for today and there was like 180 some still available. So I'm not in a big panic and hurry to try <laughs> to get one. Okay. I just want to. Just want to be aware that I need one, need one so that I can, once I leave your place, kind of plan how long it'll be to get there and then mm-hmm. get in. So, yep. Um, got my garden tilled today, but I wasn't able to get it planted. Got some strawberry plants nice. that I'm getting excited it's to get It's funny. It seems, it seems so late just because it's been so yeah. warm in Missouri uh, yeah. this month or so. I could have probably planted about a week ago, but uh, it's been such a cold spring. Really? And, you know, huh. it went from, oh yeah, it was like 30s and 40s every day through April and partway into May, and then all of a sudden it just went to 80s and 90s every day. <laughs> nice. Now it's back down to like 70s. What are you planting so, in your garden? Oh, the usual tomatoes. I think I got some carrots. I don't usually plant those. Mm-hmm. Um, peas and beans and sunflowers and that's about it. Nice. Yep. So I think that's about all I got to talk about. 
Okay. Then I have something I'd like to discuss regarding the eclipse. Okay. Okay, so this is going this was kind of like a moment I had that really just it like kind of clicked in my brain, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want to just like confirm that this all makes sense. So describe in your own words what a lunar eclipse is. It's like this... to some explain to someone who maybe just thinks it's like magic or mystical or something like explain what's actually yeah. happening. That's what it is. The moon just disappears magically for a couple of hours and it comes back. <laughs> uh, it's just the moon out in space mm-hmm. and then there's the sun out in space and then there's the earth and it comes between the moon and the sun and blocks out all the light. Okay, so it's the earth's in, shadow just slowly crossing the moon, right? Yes, in a matter of hours matter as opposed hours. to the usual monthly cycle where it slowly covers the moon. Yeah. Okay, so we have lunar eclipses that happen in a few hours, and mm-hmm. then the normal monthly lunar cycle where you know it goes from like a full moon to a crescent moon to no moon, and then back again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So every time we see a we see the moon in its cycle, it's like we're seeing just a very slow lunar eclipse. It's like we're yeah. watching a lunar eclipse in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And every time we see a lunar eclipse, it's just like watching the cycles of the moon. Like It's like a time lapse. Yeah. It's just like, it's weird that like, I've seen like the the stages of the moon, like all my life, but never really thought about that as being like the same thing as a lunar eclipse. Because we think of eclipses as being something so special. And mm-hmm. yeah, they happen in a faster time, but it's really the same thing. And now my mm-hmm. question is, what makes, if it's the same shadow, right, what makes it go so slow and take like an entire month normally, and then some days when we have a total lunar eclipse, it can cross over the moon and out, and out again on the other side in a, just a matter of a few hours? Um, we don't have time to sit down and go through the math of how the <laughs> orbit of the uh, the moon but around like the how? Earth works with the orbit of the Earth around the sun. Well, it's just you know, you I think you can visualize how the moon orbits the Earth in such a way that in roughly thirty frames per month, the moon <laughs> gets eclipsed. And then uneclipses. And then sometimes it just lines up perfectly where it happens in a couple of hours. Okay. Interesting. Yep. It just yep. it just hit me last night. Like, it's the same thing. They're just at different mm-hmm. time scales. Yep. It's one's just like the, so uh, weird. One's the time-lapse version, and the other one is the real-life version. So, okay, so when we have a no moon, mm-hmm. like normally, like in the lunar cycle, no moon, it's completely covered in shadow, how is that different yes. than a total lunar eclipse that gets completely covered in shadow, but is also a blood moon, and it looks red? What makes it look red? I think it's it, something to do with the atmosphere, Of the Earth, right? Is it 
because I think that's sort of the same idea that makes what makes sunsets red. It's the light passing oh. through the atmosphere. Interesting. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. All right. I couldn't describe to you exactly. I suppose where these are things I works, could Google, but... but I'm also not quite sure what to Google for, and if Google might be below um, my level on this one, because I feel surprisingly <laughs> ignorant that I'm just now coming to these realizations. <laughs> well, solar eclipses are even cooler because that's where the moon covers up the sun. Yeah. And it's cool to think how massive the sun is, but yet the moon and the sun look like the same size in the sky because of how much further the sun is away from the Earth. And those are truly rare because, mm-hmm. you know, they never they never happen on, like, a monthly basis. Yep. In any way, really. Yep. Okay. All right. That was my one thing I had to at least share with some other human being and um, yeah. flesh out a little bit. Yeah, it's. I guess it's kind of always made sense to me. So I haven't really ever thought much about how exactly everything lines up. I need to get one of those like solar system models. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll get one that like goes on like my ceiling lamp in my bedroom, and so I like stare at it at night and try to work out this problem in my head. <laughs> Yeah, except that those things are always fixed, whereas, you know, the Earth is tilted. Yeah. And yeah. They and always put them everything seasons. on like a nice even axis, which is not true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. This so is, you'll have this to design has been your uh, own. Deep Thoughts with Christopher if you're at my level, or Shallow Thoughts with Christopher if you're at Cody's level of understanding on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I have uh, that much deeper of an understanding, if, if at all. Okay, well, um, anything else we need to talk about? Uh, just to clarify, I, I, don't, I think I may have said that backwards, but y- you're at a deeper level than this and so i'm just thinking shallowly here anyways uh no i don't think i have anything else um uh we'll have more updates soon about my internship our uh film uh swap challenge and cody's road trip yep all right well thanks for listening and we'll talk to you later bye